Morning, Rabbi Isai. So the topic of today's shir is, is it permitted to say the name of today's holiday? No? Are you allowed to say what we call Xmas? Are you allowed to say it out? C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S. Um, you know, we spoke about, uh, by the Tainus, whether um, there's a custom that we don't learn, the night of Nittal. Some people have that custom, some people don't. So traditionally, many Rebbe's, and by their Hasidic courts, they don't learn. Instead, they, they tell jokes. So they, um, there's, a, there's a joke, a traditional joke, a Masayrodika joke that they tell about, you know, the nuns, when they graduate the, uh, the uh, monastery. So what do they do? It's time, to, it's time they have to get married. So who do they marry? Who do they, they do get married. You know who they get married to? JC. JC, right? Not Jason Kidd. JC, <laughs> right? They get married to the Yashka, the Mamzer. That's who they get married to. And they have a big chasana. And they, they figuratively marry the Yezel. So anyway, at this chasana, there's an Alta Yidana. Alta Yid sitting there, and he's enjoying himself so much. He really, he's eating that matches herring, and he's smacking his lips. He loves it. And everyone's looking at him. What in the world? Where did this guy fall in from? What's he doing at the wedding of all these nuns to the Yezel? So until finally one of the nuns get the car- gets up the courage and he says, Excuse me, sir, what are you doing here? Did you pay for him? He said, I'm here mitzad the chassan. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So what does, it mean? What does this uh, word mean? C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S. What does that word mean? Well, yeah. So C-H-R-I-S-T means the anointed one. The Mashiach. M-A-S, or really M-S, means mass, means a festival. So in other words, it means a festival in honor of the Mashiach, of their anointed one. So the question is, is it permitted to say that? So we come to a more basic question, and that is, are you allowed to say his name? Right? He has two names. Right? The first name, J-E, not J-E-T-S, I know. (laughs) J-E-S, right? J-E-S, right? That's the first name. And the second name is C-H-R-I-S-T. So the question is, are you allowed to say that? Now, the first name is his name, right? When he was born, I don't know who gave him the name. The father, right? Supposedly, you know, there's no father. So whoever whoever gave him the name at the bris, they called him the Karshmai B'Yisrael Yashka, right? J-E-S-U-S. That's his name. And well, Maybe his mother's uh, husband. <laughs> yeah. And, right, right, his name was given in Hebrew, so... Whatever, Yeshu, right? So I'm saying, I've, I've heard lots of people say Yeshu. Okay. Why would it be more of a problem in English? Well, not everybody, not everybody will say Yeshu. Well, we'll have to see. The second part of the name, C-H-R-I-S-T, is a different question, right? The J is his name, C is an appellation, is a description. So we have in the Torah, the Torah tells us, Whatever I have told you, you should guard yourself. The name of <coughs> other gods, you should not mention. They should not be heard on your mouth. So here the Torah is telling us, we're not allowed to say the name of another god. And the Rambam says, Someone who makes a vow in the name of Avodah Zarah, 
Vehanishbaba, or someone who swears in the name, Loikeshnayim, gets Malkus twice. Shenemar, excuse me, Loike, he gets Malkus. Shenemar, Veshem Elohim Acherim Loisaskiru. Okay? So if someone takes a vow or an oath in the name of a foreign god, so you get Malkus. Echad Hanishbaba Baatmai, whether you swear on your own, Biachad Hanishbaba Lagai, or whether you swear to a guy. And not only that, you're not allowed to cause a guy to swear by the name of his God. That's why the Allah is, according to the Gemara, you're not allowed to do business with um, an Akum. Why? Because you can do business with him, what, that's going to end up, you're going to have a court case, and he's going to swear by the name of his God. So the question whether nowadays that applies. But in any event, you're not allowed to cause a guy to swear by their God. Even just to say the name of an Avaydazara, Shalai Darach Shvua, not in a manner of an oath, Asr, right? Someone gets angry, oh, right? And they say the name of another god, it's an Isr Dairaisa. And not only is it an Isr Dairaisa, it's an Isr And if you swear in it, you could get Malchus. We could whip you. So what does this mean? Let's say you have a guy, you know, what's that guy's name from uh, Rochester? That found some like pebble on his travels, Joe Smith. Joseph Smith. Joe Smith, right? So, and um, so here you have a guy. He wasn't a god; he was a regular Joe Schmo, right? So, are you allowed to say his name? According to what we're learning in the Rambam, you can't even say his name. You can't say the name of a god. Well, does it make a difference if he only claims to be a prophet and not a god? Oh, so yeah, a prophet is not is not. Um, I think that's the case for that religion. Oh, okay. They didn't teach that to me in yeshiva. <laughs> but um, that's, that's the question. Let's say you have a guy, his name is um, Beryl. And Beryl decides he's a god. You know, he comes into Shul one day, he gets an aliyah, and he makes an announcement, I want everyone to know that I'm a god. So you can't say Beryl's name anymore. So let's take a look at the Hagois Maimonis. The Hagois Maimonis is a Rishon, and he's a commentary on the Rambam, and he qualifies the halacha of the Rambam. And basically what he says is that it's not prohibited to say the name of an individual just because that individual has m- proclaimed himself to be a god. What you're not allowed to do is you can't say the descriptive word that describes him as a god. In other words, let's say Beryl says from now on, don't call me Beryl. Call me Beryl, your highness. So you could say Beryl, but you can't call him Beryl, your highness. Why? Because that name is describing his godly attributes. So what you would not be allowed to say is, Your Highness, you could still call him Beryl. No. But since he intends that that word should describe his divinity, so that's a description of his elokos. Did Paro um, <coughs> think that Paro implied he was a god? Or? Um, I, don't, I guess not if Moshe Rabbeinu was saying it. But uh, that power was just the name of an Egyptian king. The same way Abimelech was the name of a Philistine king. But he thought he was a god. Yeah, he thought he was a god, but I don't know if Paro is a description of uh-huh. his, of his uh, divinity. So that's what the Hagois Maimonis says, Kasav Re'im, the Re'im writes, She'ein Asr el-Hashem ha-Shanitein la, l'Hashem el-Hakos. It's only Asr to say a name that's given to describe their divinity. Shemashma el-Hakos, aval Shem had but a regular ordinary name, Kagain, Shemos Ba'ama, Kashemos Hagoyim. Let's say you have a guy, his name is Luke. And Luke decides that he wants, to be, uh, he wants to be a god. You could still call him Luke. You could still, you know, Luke, can you shovel my snow? But you can't call him, uh, you know, Luke, 
Yeah, if he thinks Skywalker is a description of his divinity, then you can't call him Luke Skywalker, right? Ah, why? What's the reason? What's the reason you could call them by their name? But you can't call them by a name that denotes divinity. Says the Hagois Maimani, the Taima, the Chsiv, the Shame, Elohim, Achirim, Loisaz Kiru. The reason is because it says the name of other gods you should not mention. Beshem Elokos Hikbidakosav. The Torah is only particular that you don't use the, the name that describes divinity. The regular name. Right? So if you want to go into the God business and you want people to be able to continue saying their name, so you tell them. Don't call me right, Nate the Great. Just call me Nate, right? The Great, you'll have to leave out. So if you want to go into, uh, if you want to become a, a god, so this is what you, you need to know what to do. Don't tell people to call, it, call you by your um, name that describes divinity. So halacha let's get right to it. Let's, you know, cut right to the chase. Are you allowed to say Yashka's name? Are you allowed to say C-H-R-I-S-T? What would you say? No, the first name. So the first name, that's his name. And the second name, no. The first name, we, should, we would say, you should be allowed to say, that's his name. The second name, that describes a certain divine element to him, that you're not allowed to say. And that's the halacha. The halacha is to say the second part of his name is an iser dairaisa. That's pretty severe. You can't say the second part of his name. You can't, so that's the psaq of uh, Rav Azriel Hildersheimer. Rav Israel Hildersheimer, who was Rav Israel Hildersheimer? He was born in 1820. He passed away in 1899. He was a younger contemporary of Rav Shamshin Fal Hirsch, and he studied under <coughs> the Aruch Lener of Yaakov Etlinger. He also studied under Chacham Barnes. Today, if you have some free time, do research on Chacham Isaac Barnes. Very interesting personality. Chacham Isaac Barnes. He was a student. He uh, under Chacham Isaac Barnes and Rebbe. The envelopes uh, for Tzedakah, <coughs> Tzedakah bills. From Isaac Barnes. The uh, the organization. Maybe okay. Check him up. So Rebbe Israel Hildersheimer writes. I'll prove to you you're allowed to say Yeshu or I don't I don't like to say his first name in English. I don't know. I don't say it. But he says I'll prove to you you're allowed to say because if you look in the Gemara it says Yeshu. It says his name. Why so obviously. Why <coughs> I don't know. I hear. Maybe because that was his name. That was his name. <coughs> I hear. I don't know. So to say his name, yeah, there should be no difference. I'm not saying there's any difference. To say his name, the Gemara says his name. The Gemara niskar shmai haprati. I'll tell you why there may be a difference. The Gemara mentions his specific name, Avaloi Hashem Hamorgal Ata. But not the name that people call him today, Shehu HaTakas Milas Mashiach, which is, in effect, the translation of Mashiach, right? C-H-R-I-S-T is the translation of Mashiach. Uve'emes me'oylam tama tama karasi. I have always been astonished. Al ha-makila m'shem on those who are lenient by saying his second name, U'machmir b'shmaya pratu. The truth is, if you go around the Jewish world, people are more quick to say C-H-R-I-S-T than they are to say J-E-S-U-S. That's just the way it is. And says the, uh, the um, Rebbe Israel, it should be just the opposite. It should be just the opposite. It should be the opposite. That is what? When it comes to C-H-R-I-S-T, it's an Isra Dairaisa. When it comes to J-E-S-U-S, 
That is permitted. That's permitted. However, he writes in Oishei that there is already a long-standing Jewish custom not to say his first name. And therefore, to say his first name, it's considered Midas Chasidos. This is written somewhere between the years 1820 and 1899. No, I think uh, most, it, it's a very strong Jewish custom not even to say his first name. Many people, they say the Yoizel, Yashka, the what does Mamzer. Ozo mean? What? What's Ozo mean? Ozo? Yeah. yeah. You mean Ozo? Bozo? <laughs> we don't call it. Oso Ho'ish? What do you mean? What's Ozo? I thought you said Ozel, or you said Ozel? Yoizel. <laughs> Yoizel. What does that mean? I don't know. It's like a, it's a mockery, you know. That's a, you know, they, we don't say, well, we'll get to that, right? But, so, but he does add, You can't deny what exists in all, in everywhere where Jews have been scattered. That this matter, saying his first name, even though we've said, that it's only considered a saintly practice not to say it, God-fearing people don't say his first name. This pious practice is no worse than something which is absolutely permitted that some people have a custom to prohibit. There's a concept in the Gemara that even something that's permitted, if in a certain location God-fearing people don't do it, you can't do it in their presence. It's not considered proper. So therefore, it says the Rebbe Israel that even though technically speaking his first name is permitted, there is a certain custom not to say his first name. So halacha his second name, you're not allowed to say. His first name, technically speaking, Meikar Adin, it's permitted to say, but it's considered midas chasidos. You know, there are better things to say than to, to say his first name. So coming back to the name of today, yeah, we won't say we're Xmas. Talking, are we talking about, uh, again, uh, just to understand, the name in, he, in Hebrew, you also made that Hasidim not to mention? I heard all the time that it's referring to a, like a, a, a klala, not a, not a real name. Nobody, you mash him over Zichur, but that was his yeah. name. That's his name in Hebrew. Yeah, we never found any source of this name to somebody else. Well, right, right. It's, a, it's a Hebrew name for J-E-S-U-S. Okay. Yud-Chen Vav. Yud-Chen but Look, the Gemara brings it, and when you learn the Gemara, you read it, you say Yeshu. <laughs> but to go around, you know, mentioning his name, you're better off. Uh, was he born Jewish? He was, he was born Jewish and he died Jewish. I know, so you didn't have a Hebrew name or anything? Yeah, his Hebrew name was uh, Yed or something, or something similar to that. Because something similar to that. Yeah, he was definitely Jewish. He was definitely Jewish. But if you look at the early accounts in the New Testament, <clears throat> the, his early followers. Were, Jews. were illiterate Jews who couldn't read a word of Hebrew and they didn't know anything any better. They were not intelligent or um, or literate people. They were not literate people. Anyway, but uh, today is not a study in, in ancient Christianity. <laughs> but uh, the point is, halacha What's important to know is, don't say his second name. His second name is an Israelite. So the first name, midas chasidos, midas chasidos. Now, what about to say the name of today? Coming from the second. So we would say, which you know. It should be us to say the name, right? After all, C-H-R-A-S-T means the Anointed One. M-A-S is a festival in His honor. It should be Sardaraisa to say it. But uh, I heard from uh, Rabbi Benjamin Luban, who's a Rashiva in Miami, 
who asked Rav Scheinberg, and he said that um, today it's permitted to say the name of the holiday. Why? Because it doesn't mean anything anymore. The day just means it's a secular day where you go to the store and you shop and then you eat until your stomach is full. And you also, you know, to be a drunk. So it's not a it's not a religious holiday anymore. That's in English. What what is referring to Hebrew? I don't know. Is there a Hebrew name for it? Yeah, what do they call it? Mem vav like molada Oh, like like uh, N A T L, like the day of his birth. I don't know. I don't know about Hebrew, but um, that's less problematic because you're not you're not ascribing any divine force to him. But Rav Scheinberg said that Me'ikar Adin is permitted to say the name of today's holiday, but again. There is definitely a minog in Klal Yisrael to avoid saying the name, whether you say Xmas or Kratzmach. What's, you know what Pshan Kratzmach is? Kratzmach means scratch me. <laughs> it means, you know, you're itchy, so you say Kratzmach, means scratch me. Xmas, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's not usher to say it, but um, by the way, what's Pshan in Kratzmach? So the Gemara says, you know, late sonos is asar. You know how to, right? So when it comes to avodah zara, it's actually a mitzvah to uh, make a mockery of it, and that's where this comes from. So it's not asar to say the name, but it's midas chasidas. Now I just want to talk for a few minutes about the perhaps the musar aspect of this, and that is, why does the Torah say that you know how to say the name of an avodah zara? Why? I mean, we don't usually darshan the reason for the Torah. I mean, if the Torah says you don't need trade, you don't need it. You know, where do we come to darshan the name? Ah. Or we have a famous pasuk that says, "V'shem Rishayim Yerkav." Right? The name of the wicked should rot. So Gemara gives an example. Very interesting Gemara. Look on your sheets. Number five. My v'shem rishayim yerkav. What does it mean? The name of the wicked shirat. Amar Rabbi Elazar. Rabbi Elazar said, "Rak vivos Rust should go up on their names. In other words, they should fall into disuse. If you have, a, a, you know, a great grandfather, chasasham, you have a Russia. You want to name your kid Stalin. Not a good idea, right? You know, not a good idea. You want to name your kid Nimrod. Not, not recommended practice, right? Adolf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ahmadinejad. It's not a good name to give your kid, right? So why? Because we want these names to stay on the shelf and get rusty, fall into disuse. Why? We don't want to use their names. So the Gemara asked, what do you mean we don't want to use the names of uh, Arasha? Masiv Ravina. Ravina asked, I'll tell you an example of a righteous woman who gave her child the name of Arasha. The Gemara says, Bedoyeg ben Yosef. There was a guy, a kid, Doeg ben Yosef. Shehinichai Aviv ben Katan. The father died, and he left over this little kid, Dayeg. Now we know the original Dayeg was the advisor of Shal. He was a Balash and Hara. He was a Rasha. He has no chelak in Alam Haba. Right? Le'imai, right? Ben Katan Le'imai. He left over a kid, Doeg, to his mother. The mother was so righteous that she weighed the kid every day or measured him through a fist, and every day she would donate his measurement to the Beis HaMikdash. When the enemy prevailed, she slaughtered him. And about this woman, Yermia lamented in Teichal Nanashim Piriyam. 
Look what happened. Alas, women had to consume their offspring. The babes that they cared for. And then the Ruach HaKadosh said, in other words, Abbasco came out, why did this happen? It was a punishment for killing Zechariah, who was a Kohen, and a Navi in the base of Mikdash. So the Gemara says, you see you're allowed to give a kid the name of a Russia because his mother gave a, the kid Daigal. Says the Gemara, Chazi Yeah, she gave him the name. But look what happened to him. Eventually, she had to slaughter him. Why did she have to slaughter him? Because she gave him the name Daig. So the Bali Musar explained, of Zaychik. Zaychik authored a work called Sparks of Musar. They translate into English. And he explains this Gemara, P. Musar, that every time you say a word, it has an effect on you. Like Rav Victor Miller used to say, a parent would, you know, run after the kid, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill Right? Says Rav Miller, this parent has just come closer to killing their child. Why? Until now, you were a million miles away, and now you're 999,909.999999 miles away. Every word you say has an impact on you. So when this mother would dress the kid in the morning and say, Ah, oh, Dayeg! I love you, Dayeg! So in the back of her mind, she made a connection to the Rasha Dayeg, and subconsciously, she was thinking, I love the Rasha Dayeg. And that's how eventually she became so cruel that she slaughtered the child. That's how the Bali Moser explained this Gemara. Why? Because everything you say has an effect on you. You think you're just saying, you know, meet me on the corner of that, you know, um, of that, of that base Avodah You know the Avodah We're not going to say his name. The guy with the big belly and the big belly button, right? We're not going to say his name, right? Meet me over there. You want to say his name? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a bucky in that form of uh, idolatry. He's not looked at as any religious figure. The problem is that you mentioned the person. You say kadosh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just. I'm just joking around. But if if that's his name, then you could say his name. If that's uh, some kind of divine word. But in other words, when you say meet me at this the corner of the yoyzel, and if you're going to say yoyzel's name. In your mind, you're using Yoizel as a point of reference, a point of that's important. And in your mind, slowly, slowly, you consider that more important than it should be. I'll give you another example. The Gemara says in Chagiga, Tezvav Amidbeiz. Another Gemara about Dayeg and Achitaito. So there it's just, uh, you could say the same thing. You know, let's say, what, what, what's the name of the people who believe in him? Mm-hmm. Christians. You allowed to say that? So, are you allowed to say that? So there, the same way we say you're allowed to say today's holiday, right? You're allowed to say today. Why? Because it doesn't, it just means it's a, a day. It's a proper name. It's a proper name. So too, but, so we said it's a midas chasidus not to say the name of the day. Why? Because there's a custom not to say it. But there's no custom, you never found anybody who's ever Zahir not to say the name of these people not to say the name of the notes from there's no such custom huh? in Hebrew it's easier to say the notes from that's what I'm just saying to say Yashka's second name that's an Esra Daraisa to say these words uh, Xmas or the Christians why would Rosh Hashanah's words apply you to the second name today today it's like I think people know they know they associate with him yeah, yeah, yeah. Many people don't know Latin. People don't. They have no clue what that means. But he, I got Jews don't know. 
Okay, you could say, look, the day definitely became secularized because it's a shopping day, it's a holiday, it's a legal day, it's a legal holiday. I know it's another minute that they say that they say the only wow, person. <laughs> so wow, but, but in Europe is also. The whole religion is secularized. Yeah, all, all, it's because it's a Christian country. In Europe, the same thing. Here, it's twisted a little bit. It's so it's so maybe that's why we say Maybe that's why we say the name of the religion. But to say his name, I think his name still retains a certain degree of. Is Yashka? Jesus in English. Right. You have in mind kiss like a like a sus. But that's that's, 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 that's also that's a Greek name. Okay. Among some Christians, the word Xmas is uh, uh, vernacular. It's it's a it's a not pleasant word. It's uh, derogatory. Yeah, that's the word. Okay. It wasn't meant as a compliment. (laughs) Okay. Let's see one more Gemara. Let's see, the Gemara says in Chagiga, on Tezvav Amebez, it says, Amar Rabbi Ami, Tlas mea boi, boi doyeg v'achitoifel b'migdal ha-parech ba'avir. Doyeg and achitoifel were such big tamay chachamim that they had 300 halachos about a tower that floats in midair. Now, the simple meaning is, there's no such thing as a tower that floats in midair. But they were such big tamay chacham, there are five shot in what this means. Either it means the letter chaf in the Sefer Torah, the vav on top of the chaf, should be tilted that way. It looks like a tower floating in midair. And they knew 300 halachas about the vav that tilts to the left. It's a tremendous tamechachamim. Or they knew 300 halachas about migdal bavel, Rashi says. Or they knew 300 halachas about a closet that could float in the middle of the air, even though it can't. But they, lu yitzoyer, theoretically could. Or they knew 300 halachas of if what would be, they knew, excuse me, they knew 300 ways how to suspend a closet in mid-air through Kishof. They had to know Kishof because Tamir Chachamim have to know Kishof in order to be Mechaib Soen Misa if they do Kishof. So anyway, says the Gemara, they were such big Tamir Chachamim and nevertheless they have no share in the world to come. Why? Says the Gemara, Zemer Yevani Leipasak Mipume. Doi did not stop singing Greek songs. So what's wrong with singing Greek songs? So Rashi says that, uh, you know, at the time of the Beis HaMikdash that was destroyed by the Greeks, it wasn't appropriate to sing Greek, Greek songs. But the Masha says that the Greek songs contain Greek philosophy and culture. And therefore, ultimately, despite the fact that Doi Kadon was the greatest Tamar Chachm of his time, the songs that he sang had an impact on him. So what, what, what would we say about the songs today? What would we say about pop culture today? Which is full of immorality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for a Jew to be humming, you know, Xmas carols about the birth of the Yoizel. And, um, yeah. Okay, tunes are different than words. Plus, they, no, plus so it depends. It depends. Look, uh, there there is a major discussion in halacha whether you're allowed to take you know non-Jewish tunes and put Jewish words. So you're right. If it makes you think of the words. No, every, every Jewish song has a version. No, no, no. is the original tunes. The Vegas original tunes. What? I don't think most people know the uh, know the origins. And if it is, if it's um, 
But, you know, but the idea is that it influences you. Even yeah, the songs influence you. It would certainly be highly inappropriate for somebody to be humming uh, Xmas carols. Or growing up, listening to any of the rock and roll music on the radio, I don't think, I don't think I ever was able to follow words of these songs. I've got no clue what they say. But every tenth word you know is nos, more is nos, kill someone, and then's nos. Look, even. The song we sing by Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Christian song. It is? It's straight up Christian. I don't know. originally was a German Christian song. Really? Yeah. I hear it. The point is that the words, the, the focus on the word, you're right. If you know the original German Christian uh, uh, drinking song, and when you sing Malasur, you're thinking of, you know, downing a few loads of beer, then maybe you should sing a different nigga and maybe go to Avram Fried or something, you know? <laughs> it depends. Nobody thinks of it, of course, that's all point. I know. I'm to do some research on this. Uh, all right, look. What, 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 what's the conclusion? Better to live next to Ishmaelim or next to the Nasratim? Better to live Mesh Arim. So that's the point. The, the point is that it's not just some kind of Gezer of straight, some kind of straight up law. You're now to say the name of a, of a God. The point is what you say has an influence on you. This mother. The reason, according to the Gemara, why she ended up slaughtering her son is because she named him Dayeg. Dayeg eventually had his Yerida. Why? Because he sang improper songs to the point where the Gemara says, as he was learning Gemara, it says um, books of Minos were falling out of his pocket. He had apikarsistika books falling out of his pocket. Right? Why? <laughs> because of his song, because of his Nagunim. Okay. But let's end off on a good note. The Gemara says about Rabbi Shur ben Chananya, who, who was one of the main Talmidim of Rev Yochanan ben Zakkai, says the Gemara, Ashrei Yoiladetai, fortunate is the one who gave birth to him. And the Ravadu Bartanura says, why is that? Says the Bartanura, look at number eight, she caused him to be a Chacham. The Bartanura says, Hashem Shehi Garmalai Shehi Chacham. She caused him to be a Chacham. Why? Because from the time that he was very young, she would bring his crib into the base medrash, and she would say to the Chachamim, please pray for this child that he should become a Chacham. And not only that, says the Baratinur, from the day he was very young, she did not take out his crib from the base medrash so that the words of Torah would enter his ear. So I'll ask you a question. Um, you think he understood when he was a baby one word of the shir? Right, you think when he was one years old, he heard, you know, Machlik is about you think he understood, I guarantee you he had no idea what they were talking about. You think when he was a month old, he chapped, you know, the, the Chakira they had in, in the Lundus of Shemek, Avada, he did not understand one word. So what was the point of it? What was the point of bringing him into the base matters? The point is, even something you don't understand, it enters your ear, it has a hashpa. Everything has a hashpa. Everything you see, Everything you hear, everything you say, everything you see has a hashba, whether you understand it or not. You listen to non-Jewish music, and even if you don't understand, you listen to Jamaican reggae, even though you don't understand the words. But it has an impact, it has a hashba. You listen to Zydeco from New Orleans, it has a hashba on you. Gangnam style. What? You don't even know. Baruch Hashem. You don't even... 
Everything you have, I'll tell you a story from Baruch Bar, a very interesting story. It's brought down in the Sefer Hegionis. It's not a, it's in my notes, it's not in the back of the sheet. Um, the son-in-law of Rabbi Baruch Bar was also a co-rosh yeshiva in Kamenetz. His name was Rav Moshe Bernstein. So anyway, he eventually founded Kamenetz in Eretz Yisrael. He's the author of the Sefer Dvar Moshe. And he uh, tells the story how Rabbi Baruch Bar, after he came to Eretz Yisrael, he said that it took him many years to purge himself from a certain uh, incident. And that is when he, was in, uh, when he came to America, you know, Rabbi Baruch Bar came to America to collect money so uh, some Balabatim bought him a, an apartment. And uh, he didn't want to refuse it, because uh, he felt, you know, they went out of their way to buy it for him. But he felt so much sad, because this apartment was opposite the home of a priest. And in the priest's home, on the outside, there was a Shasiv Arev, a cross. And every day, <coughs> he had a look at this Shasiv Arev. He had so much tsar, Rabbi Akbar says, that it caused him physical pain to the point that it took away years of his life. Because he had to look at the cross. Until he heard a story about the Chassam Sefer. I'll tell it to you very briefly. Basically one time the Chassam Sefer was traveling with his Rebbe. And uh, they were on the road and the horse broke. The, one of the two horses broke its leg. And they put a donkey uh, onto the harness. And all of a sudden his Rebbe of Nassim Adler jumps out of the uh, carriage. And he starts doing you know, a little jig. He's dancing. And the only thing is he's a very old man. So Chassam Sefer says, what are you so happy about? He said, it's the first time in my life I had the opportunity not to, not to violate the Avera of not traveling with a horse and a donkey attached to the same harness. So the first time I had the opportunity, so he's dancing to show his Simcha. So Baruch Bar says, when I heard that story, I felt a little better. Baruch Hashem had the opportunity to be faced with the challenge of not straying after Avedah when I saw the cross. But, and, and I had simcha that I didn't stray after my heart when I saw this cross. But you hear this? A tzaddik, like Rabbi Akbar says, that literally his life was shortened by the distress he had that he had to see something that was improper. Remember, we learned from the Rambam, the Rambam says in Perish HaMashnais, technically speaking, you shouldn't even look at a, a church. Because it has an effect. Everything you see, everything you say, the Rambam writes openly. If you don't look at it, it would be better. We're better off not even uh, even uh, looking at it. You're not looking at Russia. You're not looking at Russia. The stock was made Russia. You're not looking at Russia. Talacha even. You can't gaze at the face of a Russia. Why? A priest. You can't gaze at the face of Russia. There are stories about Gedalia Yisrael who would not meet, who would not even look at. Leaders of the state of Israel. That's extremely. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on to an next. <laughs> but the point is, the point is certainly, this is on a high level. On a lower level, to look at certain things on a certain screen that's you know that's in the shape of a box, that portrays images of immodesty and immorality and murder, it has an effect on a person. There's no question. There's no question it has an effect on a person. A person has to be careful, not just what he eats, but whatever he takes in. Whatever he takes in. By the way, the Tzvillin Shal Rosh have four partials. The Tzvillin Shal Yad have one partial. Why? Tzvillin Shal Yad is on the hand. The hand has one, one of the senses, the sense of touch. The head has four senses. Sight, hearing, taste, smell. The point is you have to watch out not just what you eat, but what you look at, 
what you listen to, what you say, what you, everything. All a person's senses have to be, a person is very sensitive. The neshama is more sensitive than the eye, right? You know what happens? If somebody bangs their hand, it hurts for a moment. But if you get even a speck of dust in the eye, it's very painful. The neshama is very sensitive. So you have to be careful what you allow entrance into the human soul. Rabbi, have a wonderful day.